Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We have once again witnessed the death of some Google services, including the much maligned but surprisingly well-loved Google+. This has left a lot of longtime Google users crying foul and even talking about walking away from Google altogether. It's the end of the world, made by Google. Over the years, there's been a mounting backlash against Google from some of its most faithful followers due to Google's reputation of often launching applications and services only to inevitably kill them after people get used to using them and loving them. This week, Google finally put the final nail in the coffin of Google+, and this seemed to just be the last straw for a lot of these diehard Google users. Now, the fact is, their complaints are valid. And if you look through things like uh, Killed by Google, which is basically an online documentate, you know, documentation graveyard of the things that Google has launched and inevitably killed, you'll see that they do, their complaints are warranted. But this time around, I honestly think this is different for Google. So, case in point. We'll start with Hangouts. Google said, yeah, Hangouts was great. A lot of people love it. And a lot of people have been using it across platforms. But then they're killing it. And they recently, you know, started trimming it back. And eventually they're going to kill it all together, except for G Suite users. And basically it'll be just Hangouts for business, if you will. I forget the actual name they give it now, but we'll just go with that just for basic reference. Then there was Inbox. And in my opinion, Inbox was just window dressing for Gmail. Now, a lot of uh, uh, Google faithful and, you know, tech heads and tech reviewers really cried foul over the death of Inbox. But in my opinion, Inbox really, it was, it was good, but it wasn't that great. And the reason why it wasn't that great to me is because I've always been... I don't know, I guess you could say I'm kind of obsessive about the way I handle email when it comes to folders and filters. So a lot of what Inbox was doing for people, I had already had set up in Gmail anyway. So to me, for those people who are crying foul about the death of Inbox, I say to them, you were probably doing email wrong in the first place because you were just depending on limited crutches that that Inbox was providing for you that you should have already had set up in your email anyway. And if email is that big of a concern and the fact that one particular um, glossy layer of email is removed, then I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe you need to reevaluate how you handle email how you uh, structure your inboxes and whatnot. 
Then there was aloe. Aloe was basically, I, I have no other way to put it. It was just like a cutesy text messaging application. The problem with Allo, like a lot of applications like WhatsApp, is that you had to get people that you were already texting through just a built-in text messaging app on your phone. You had to get them to start using Allo. Now, of course, they could still text you through Allo, but not a lot of the, you know, the the perks and things like that wouldn't be available in that way. And this is the same kind of problem I have with things like WhatsApp. You know, WhatsApp has enjoyed a lot of success and pe some people were even saying, yeah, this is Google's answer to WhatsApp. The problem is, unless you were using this from day one, just like WhatsApp, you have to get people to start using it. And basically myself, I personally don't have the time and energy, nor do I want to bug people to say, hey, look, I'm using this text messaging app. You should start using it, too, so we could communicate this way. People have to be truthful with themselves when it comes to things like WhatsApp. The reason why WhatsApp enjoys its success is because of countries that have basically poor services, you know, charging per text message and charging per data, as well as those countries that have heavy thumbs of censorship. So, you know, this WhatsApp has basically been a way around a lot of the things that, uh, a lot of services that are blocked for people in those countries. So for those of us like in the U.S. primarily who don't have to deal with that kind of stuff, using WhatsApp really, it's really not that big of a deal. And it's the same, that was the same thing with Allo. In order to en truly enjoy what Allo could do, you had to get people to start using it. And chances are you weren't going to be able to do that. And I personally didn't want to you know, just bug people. Hey, start using this because it's cool when they when they could still text me anyway. And that brings us to Google Plus. Google Plus basically had the same problem. You had to get people if you really wanted the kind of social media engagement that you enjoyed on things like Facebook. You had to get everybody over to Google Plus. Now, I will admit when Google Plus first launched, I was sold I mean, I loved Google+. I'm not going to lie. Up until the day that it died, I really loved it. It was cleaner. It wasn't cluttered with ads and politics like Facebook. Basically, it just didn't have a lot of the garbage cluttered throughout the feed. That was the biggest, you know, the biggest attraction for me. And secondly, you could meet people like who had, you know, similar interests as you from basically all around the world. And that was cool. So what happened was basically a lot of people didn't adopt Google+. Now, Google did do a thing at one time that made a lot of people really not want to use it. So basically what they did was if you wanted to use YouTube or Gmail or anything like that, you had to have a Google Plus account. And basically, if you signed up for those services or if you were already using those services, you had to have a Google Plus profile. I'll, I'll never forget talking to people who uh, who were telling me, you know, I didn't even know I had this Google Plus thing. And then it popped up that I did. And I had to explain to them, well, this is because what Google did was if you have YouTube or Gmail or anything like that from Google, you have to have a Google Plus profile.
So what this really did was it, it led to basically a lot of dead profiles. I mean, up until the end, I still had tons of friends, you know, my friends in real life who had Google Plus profiles that they never even knew existed. But I would see them pop up as suggestions and you would click on their profile and there was nothing there because these people had no idea they were there and they had no intention of using them. But that brings me to why the backlash about the death of Google Plus, you know, in relation to all the other things that Google has killed off. Because what people have to understand is what people like me loved about Google Plus, I'll be honest, it really was a nerd factor. I met so many like-minded individuals on Google Plus that uh, I would have never met otherwise. See, I tend to make it a rule on social media that I only friend people that I actually know in, in real life. So if you look at me on Facebook, if you see me on Facebook and look at my friends list, those are actually people that I know. I've actually met in real life and they're actually my family, family and real friends. But Google Plus was an exception. And it was mainly because of the fact that a lot of the general public didn't use Google Plus. And that's what made it appealing. I even got to have real one-on-one -on -one conversations with actual people who actually worked at Google from developers to project managers and so on. And that was awesome. And to this day, I still, you know, have contact with some of those people. But at the end of the day, we have to look at Social media in general, if we have, you know, if we want to talk about why Google Plus actually died. First of all, I honestly don't think that Google should have ever stepped in that realm. Now, at the time, the Google brass thought, you know, social was going to be the future. But I, I just think that was a misstep, you know, most importantly. And for one, if you look at the current state of Facebook, you don't really have to be a quote unquote tech insider to see that Facebook is dying. I am uh, of the, uh, the thought with, you know, along with many others that in, in about the next 10 or 15 years, social media, as we know it, the Facebook, as we know it is going to die. It's going to be, it's, it's pretty much dead. The biggest reason being that, Younger generations are not, you know, the younger generations coming up, they're not signing up for Facebook. They're not really signing up for Instagram. The fact of the matter is they are more into when it comes to anything social. If you look at the success of Snapchat, you'll understand that it's, it's you know, we're, it's, it's circling back to more direct communication. And then you have things like Fortnite. Those um, esports games have become the next social media platform. In fact, I have a son who plays Fortnite. And one thing that he does more than anything is talk to his friends from school on, you know, on Fortnite. That's their social media. He has absolutely no interest in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
Google Plus, and whatnot. And I think Google saw that. You know, it's it's the game is pretty much over for social media as we know it right now. Why continue to invest in that? But overall, like I said, a lot of people, especially diehard Google fans like myself, are crying basically the end of the world about this. This is it. You know, they're telling me this is it. I'm pulling away from all Google services except for maybe Drive and Gmail and yada, yada, yada. But that brings me to my point of this episode. People who are saying that it's time to get away from Google, I say to you, no, this is actually the time to stick with Google. Because in my opinion, what we're actually seeing is something that Google should have done years ago. And that is grow up. It's about time that Google grew up. Google has had this long-standing reputation of basically being this like childish company that just throws applications and ideas around and slaps some pretty colors on it and say, yeah, let's do it. I mean, in fact, their their whole work ethic has been, you know, uh, copied, even portrayed in movies, this you go to work to play. You just play around and make stuff and your boss says, yeah, sure, let's go ahead and do it. In this day and age, Google cannot afford to do that anymore. Google's competition is growing. Google is facing mounting pressure from the EU. They've already been fined. Yeah, of course, the fines that they've received, they're a drop in the bucket, you know, as far as the money that Google has and that Google generates. But the fact of the matter is, They're facing this mounting pressure from the EU, from their competition. And, you know, there's legislation down the pipe in the United States as well. It's time for Google to tighten up, get serious and grow up. It's time to stop this whole, hey, let's just make apps and have fun, guys. It's time for Google to be a serious business and to tighten it up. And I think that's what Google is doing. Shedding off all these miscellaneous applications that are floating around has been long overdue. Google needs to get rid of those things. Stop engaging in such activity, this childish scatterbrained activity of making things and killing them and making things and killing them. And concentrate on some core competencies. Concentrate on Google for Classroom. Concentrate on G Suite. Google for Business. Concentrate on Drive, concentrate on YouTube, concentrate on Gmail. See, the fact of the matter is, if you look at uh, the successes that Apple has had, you will understand pretty quickly that Apple really doesn't rely so much on being first as they do as they rely on being the best. Simply put, when Apple does something, there may not they may not always be first at it. But when they do something, they actually polish and they make the best effort to have the best of what they put out. They don't make a lot of things. They make a few things and they make them better. You know, we Android users, we often mock Apple because they'll make an announcement and the world applauds 
and says, oh my gosh, Apple is so innovative for making that. And the truth is, more, more often than not, Apple is not first at these things. But what Apple does do is when they make one of those things, they take the time to polish them and be the best at those things. So when they engage in those things, they don't engage in a lot of them. They engage in a few of them and they focus on being the best at them. And to be quite honest, and my point of this entire episode is that I think that is what Google is trying to do now. Google is shedding off a lot of things that are pretty much basically miscellaneous. Guys, listen, we don't need another social media. There will not be another Facebook. No one's going to best Facebook. There's not going to be another social media platform that has as many users and the type of reach that Facebook has. It's never going to happen again. It's over. Now, a lot of Google Plus users that I know, and myself included, ran to a platform called MeWe. MeWe is great. They don't share data. There's no advertising. And that in itself kind of should give you a little bit of pause. Because how are they going to sustain that? Sure, they charge for certain things like emoji packs, dark mode, you know, little things here and there you can pay for. But to be quite honest... Without an advertising revenue model like Facebook has, how can a platform like that survive? And at the end of the day, what does that do for all of its users? What happens when MeWe shuts down, which it inevitably will? Now, the good news about the shutdown of Google Plus is that you could extract all of your data. And by the way, you can do this with anything you're using with Google by going to Google Takeout. You can get everything that you have at Google and you can get it and keep it for yourself. It's your information. But if you start engaging and investing in a social media platform, knowing that it's not the next Facebook, like I said, it's not going to happen again. When it inevitably shuts down, will you be able to get your own information back? And if not, where does that go? And this is one thing that I touched on in my, uh, you know, the pilot episode when I was talking about owning your online self. That was my overall goal. It wasn't so much that I'm anti Facebook or anti this, that or the other. My goal for owning my online self was having is to have better control of my information and everything that I'm putting out there in the world. So when these services do go away, shut down or whatnot, I have control of me. I have control of my content. So the bottom line, for those out there who have just been basically crying, man, it's the end of the world. Google did this. Google shut down that. I can't believe this. I'm done with Google. It's over. I just offer you this. Take the time and stop and think and look around at the environment we are in right now. Consider the environment that Google is up against right now. Consider its competition. Consider the fact that Google said a few years ago that actually their future is in AI. Look at the, the amount of resources they have been pouring into AI. Look at the successes they're enjoying with Google Home and the Home Mini 
and look at how the Google Assistant is popping up in more and more devices and services every day. Think about how important all those apps and services actually were that they're shedding and getting rid of. Was Allo really that important? Was Google Plus really that important? Sure, everyone can say, well, it was important to me. But in the overall grand scheme of things, is it really the end of the world because Google is starting to shut down miscellaneous applications and services so they could really try to start shoring up the ship and concentrating on their core competencies? I don't think it is. I think this is something Google should have done years ago. And I would personally, I personally will continue to use Google's products and services as they mature. Most importantly, as they mature, as they focus on doing a few things and doing those few things right. There are currently about 150 million orphans worldwide. The current recorded number of orphans living in foster care in the U.S. is about 400,000, with one-third of them being eligible for adoption. More than 20,000 of these children will age out of foster care, leaving them without any support and at a higher risk for health issues, homelessness, and lack of education. In my home state of Ohio, there are over 12,000 children in foster care, with over a thousand of them aging out annually. Please be sure to subscribe to Voluntary Input for the upcoming series, For the Least. Hear how ordinary people like you have made the choice to step out in faith to help these children in need. Learn about current challenges that are faced, as well as the tools and resources to overcome them and how you can help. Learn how you can do your part to advocate for the least.